successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM. Or if you're listening on podcasts via iTunes or at our website, GrillNationShow.com. We greatly appreciate you joining us each and every week on the show. Hope you're having a great start to your summer and uh, very excited about today's show. We'll get to our guests here in just one second, but I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Uh, the title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation show include the KC Area Development Council and Tim Cowden, KCADC. Port KC and John Stevens. John joins me uh, every once in a while on the show. We greatly appreciate Port KC's support. And Brian Sarf with True Wealth and Company is a guest host and on-air contributor who joins me each and every month. Thank you for your support of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill or on social media. Just search for my name on Facebook and Instagram as well, Jason Grill. Um, okay, so uh, I've had a great week. Got back from the South Dakota, visiting some friends, a Mount Rushmore visit, a uh, Badlands visit, a Black Hills visit. Now I'm ready to rock uh, back to reality, back to the, the grind here in Kansas City. And on today's show, very excited because we're going to be talking a lot about uh, economic development and real estate and uh, building Kansas City and, and everything that goes into that with a very established Company here in Kansas City and uh, some really great people. Uh, John Kopakin from Kopakin Brooks and Ryan Beery are with me today in studio from Kopakin Brooks. We're going to get into their backgrounds and the company here in a second, but I want to welcome both of you to the show today. Have, uh, how are you doing? And uh, you guys both look great. Thanks for joining me. You're great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. So, John, we met. I want to go into John first. We met on a trip to uh, a foreign land. Is that when we actually first met? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> John and I went to Cuba together in a uh, Tech Week uh, deal here about 2015, which yep. seems crazy. That was almost four years ago how yep. we, we did it. But we actually got to go there, one of the first American visitors. We spent some time together, uh, one of the great trips. And at that point, I knew, like, and John's a good dude, and I need to get to know him better. And, and, and now that I've actually got to know you and seen kind of what you guys have been working on, I'm really excited. So uh, for our listeners, why don't you both introduce yourselves and what you do, and John, uh, Tell us about a little bit about yourself. We'll sure. Um, it's John Kopakin, and I'm a principal at Kopakin Brooks. And Kopakin Brooks is a full-service commercial real estate development company that's been around since 1922. So we're in our 97th year and really have a um, national presence historically doing uh, retail and office projects. And then most of our focus right now is regionally and specifically um, the Kansas City area. And, uh, you know, typically our projects can be uh, small and complicated or very large and complicated, but I say we specialize in um, things that uh, take a lot of effort, uh, no instant gratification, and take a few years to put together. 
full-service commercial real estate development company, copakin-brooks.com is your website. Great website. Uh, a lot of good var- aerials and visuals and, and work uh, uh, examples on your website. Uh, Ryan, why don't you tell us about yourself and uh, and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm a senior vice president with the company. Joined back in 1998, so I'm approaching my 21st year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, I was with uh, what's now Colliers International, used to be the Winbury Group. Um, and then before that, I was in North Carolina working for Highwood. So uh, over 25 years experience, uh, primarily responsible for you know leasing the product that, that the Copacans develop. Mm-hmm. Um, spend a lot of my time downtown, have for, for years um, and that's a, that's a great story to tell. So hopefully we get into that. Later. We will. Um, um, so you're, are you from Kansas city? I am from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, okay. So, so kind of close by close by. I actually grew up in a commercial real estate family in, oh, wow. in Tulsa. So, so this like John is kind of a lifelong deal here, right? Exactly. Kind of a born into this thing, weren't you guys? <laughs> so you've been around for 70, would you say 1922? Yeah. 77, 97 years. I've been around about years. half that time, but the company has been around for about 97 years. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that it's lasted that long and it's kind of, you guys have grown and done different things, but for a company to be a part of this community that long, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. The company was really started by my grandfather and it's always been um, commercial and previous generation was my father and two brother-in-laws and um, work there now with my brother and we have a partner, uh, non-family member, Bucky Brooks. Uh, okay. But usually uh, businesses don't go into the second generation, let alone into the third generation. So we're doing different things and the company's really evolved and changed and even especially based on real estate trends over the last 10 years has had to significantly change. So what was that like growing up in that world? Uh, and, and how, how young did you get involved? Yeah, I, th- uh, I loved it and I thought it was great. I would imagine if you're in a family business like this atmosphere that you might hate it or you might love it. And I really loved it and always enjoyed. Uh, the development side of the world, so the creation and looking at whether it's an empty piece of ground or a building that needs to be rehabbed or a surface parking lot in between buildings, you know, what you could do with that. So being around the dinner table or going on trips with my dad or what have you, um, it was always fascinating to me, even though um, when I went to college, I went and studied other things, looked at other things I think I knew uh, somewhere inside that it was always of an interest to come back. You're right. It's like you either go for it or you don't with the family business. You're either completely opposite or you're all in. Yeah. There's no in between. Um, Ryan, uh, you mentioned you kind of grew up in this industry as well. I did. Tell us yeah. about that. And, and, and how is Kansas City different than these other areas you've been to and you've worked in? Well, you know, what's, what's interesting is, you know, very similar experience, you know, as John had with growing up in, in the family. I had a little different, you know, uh, track. So I actually departed from commercial real estate. You know, um, got into sales. I sold corrugated boxes and then I worked for waste management and sold containers. Sounds fascinating. They, but those are the industries that always succeed, the non-sexy ones. Right, exactly. Corrugated boxes. Look at that. And so the lead was um, when I was working in North Carolina for waste management, uh, one of my largest accounts was Highwoods Properties. Mm-hmm. And so they came to me and said, hey, you'd be great at leasing office space. I said, well, funny you should say that. I grew up in a commercial real estate family. And so, you know, rest is history. For those that don't know, Highwoods, didn't they own the plaza or Country Club Plaza at one point? Or do they now? Yeah, no, they did own the plaza. And um, actually, we're partners with Highwoods on a project on the plaza called the Plaza Colonnade. Okay, interesting. So so Kansas City, different or similar? Um, Very similar. So so 
you know, Raleigh, North Carolina, where, where I worked, you know, the Research Triangle Park. I mean, it's, it, it's a little different dynamic, but not, not too dissimilar because, you know, you had UNC, you had Duke, um, North Carolina State. Well, here you have, you know, Missouri, you've got University of Missouri, um, University of Kansas, K-State. So, I mean, yeah. you've got some similarities. Mm-hmm. Size-wise, it's pretty similar. Um, so, yeah, there's there's not a lot of difference in, in the markets, I would say. And, and what's interesting about Tulsa is it's kind of a mix between what I would say Dallas and Kansas City mm-hmm. on a much smaller scale. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's economy is driven more by the oil industry yeah. um, where – and I guess that's the big difference between Kansas City and Tulsa. Um, I think the similarities between, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina and Kansas City is you have a lot of different industries that that drive that economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're less susceptible to downturns in the economy. I think that's what's really beautiful about Kansas City is we, you know, don't tend to ride the high highs or the low lows. Kind of steady. We just kind of. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Because we're diversified. I like that. John Kopakin and Ryan Beery are with me on the show from Kopakin Brooks today. Uh, we're going to get into some of the projects here after the break. You're listening to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM, or if you're listening on iTunes uh, via podcast, we greatly appreciate it, or on our website, grillnationshow.com. You can find all of our guests on the website, as well as all of our supporters and sponsors and photos of our shows, as long as well as all the old podcasts. We've had some really great shows over the last few years. I, uh, I've really enjoyed doing this show, and uh, today's episode is no exception to the rule. We have Copake and Brooks on the show today. Uh, John Kopakin, who's a principal there, and Ryan Beery, a senior vice president. Uh, their website is kopakin-brooks.com. They do all kinds of full-scale real estate developer in Kansas City, acquire, develop, lease, manage, sell uh, throughout the Midwest in Kansas City and throughout uh, different areas of our country. And they also have won the Mr. K Award, uh, the Small Business of the Year in 2013, if that's correct. Yes. That's, that is correct. Okay, good. So. Uh, well, welcome back to the show, guys. Uh, you guys do a lot of different projects. Let's focus on some of the ones that you're really excited about here in Kansas City because I, I see your signs everywhere, and I know that a lot of stuff is happening. So uh, take us through some of those I know that you're really excited about that are a lot of them are downtown, right, John? Yeah, so we're really concentrated um, all over KC metro area, but a lot of activity downtown, a lot of activity in Lenexa, Overland Park, and a little bit on the plaza. Uh Particularly downtown, um, a couple of things that we have going on. We just completed um, a high-rise um, apartment project called Artera that's at 21st and Wyandotte. Yeah, i tell you how excited I was about that, John, because I used to work at a law firm that was over by Ingram's over there. Right. And that big thing was there forever. Right. They were going to develop that property. Yeah. And it was, or something was going to happen there. And I was, this is before you could live anywhere downtown, essentially. Uh, and Crossroads was, was nothing like it is today. And so I always thought, you know, I'm going to live in that building one day, you know, and then 10 years went by, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I had already moved to another one, but, uh, but it's such a good location for our yeah. Terra. Yeah. So, so that's done. No, yeah, that's done and that's open and leasing up well. Uh, but you mentioned 10 years, it was about 10 years by the time we bought the property and 
got the building open and up and running. And so, you know, that's a little bit of an unusual time frame. Uh, there's about five years of a pretty big recession in there where, uh, in our world, almost anybody who wanted to do anything anywhere in the country couldn't get anything done. So we'll give, I guess, us a five-year break. But these projects really are three to five years in duration. And uh, that project's exciting, open, and, um, as mentioned, leasing up and helping uh, transform that particular neighborhood. Um, and your, all your properties are on your website. And i got to tell you, at copakin-brooks.com, I mean, it's amazing to look through some of these things that, I mean, I didn't even know that had potential. I mean, they're, they're, they're so cool. Well, appreciate that. Yeah. So you do that. And then, uh, Ryan, come in here whenever you, you'd like, but, uh, sure. you also, uh, if anyone's been to Corrigan station, that was your guys' deal. Yeah. So we, you know, we d- redeveloped Corrigan station with some partners who had, um, owned the buildings and Corrigan station is a 10 story, hundred ish year old, uh, rehab building along with new parking garage and a new uh, second brand-new building that's going to be open up here in the next couple of weeks down at the corner of 19th and Main. And uh, we're 100% leased in the office building. It also has uh, Corvino Supper Club restaurant and uh, the roastery on the ground floor. And you got WeWork, too. And we have WeWork and uh and you have an amazing rooftop. Up there, the rooftop's pretty nice. Amazing, <laughs> amazing amenity. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I did see something about a park going in there or something. Is there going to be like a little urban park or? Yeah, so the the park in between the new building and the existing building um, is going to be open also in the next couple of weeks. And Corvinos, you may have read or seen, but they're actually going to operate a, a very nice food kiosk out of there and serve burgers, chicken sandwiches, beers, etc. And there's just a kind of nice little oasis in the middle of the city park in between these two buildings with furniture and tables and yeah. chairs, things like that. It's going to be awesome. And that uh, that area wasn't around. I mean, that was a dead area, and you guys kind of got involved. And Ryan, what was yeah. that like? I mean, you you well, said you're 100% leased up in the office area. Yeah, it was it was very exciting. I mean, what a lot of people don't realize was, you know, even though it was a redevelopment, it was really um, kind of the the latest spec office development uh, to be built downtown since really 1991 when we built 1201 Walnut. A lot of people just don't realize that. So it's a long time. It's a long time coming. Um, and, you know, it gained traction right away, leased up very quickly. Um, you know, we're really excited to have the second phase, Corrigan Station 2, uh, just about complete. A lot of interest and activity surrounding that. Academy Bank has leased the ground floor of that building for a, a bank branch, and then we have about 13,000 feet on the second floor and then some pre-built offices on the third floor um, and, and common amenity space shared amongst all, all the building tenants. So it's, it's a highly amenitized product at the corner of, you know, what I like to call Main and Main, right on the streetcar line. Uh, couldn't, couldn't be a better location. I'm looking through your all's website, and uh, there's places on here I had no idea you owned. Uh, I mean, the place yeah. on the plaza where uh, Crow's Coffee is, that's your guys' deal? Well, the um, UMKC actually owns it, so on that okay. property, we're the leasing agent for them. We lease and manage the center for them. So, so I'm looking at the website, copakin-brooks.com, and there's some things on here that are pretty cool, like as far as high-rises. Um, right. Now, are these concepts, like there's one that you, you know, the one next to Sprint Center, 13 right. and grand. Yeah. That is that spiral-looking building? Yeah. Okay, what is that all about? Because so, because I, I used to live down there, and I'd run by there all the time, and I'd see your sign in this this amazing futuristic looking building. What is that? And and 
How does that work right now? What's going on? Right. So that's a, that is a concept for the corner of uh, 13th and Grand, and that rendering shows about a 500,000-foot um, high-rise office building with commercial retail on the ground floor and parking. And, you know, that's really where our process starts on the development process, and part of the fun of it is looking at what right now is an empty surface parking lot that clearly is one of the next blocks kind of in line as a corporate headquarters type site and thinking about what that can be. So we have other designs and other ideas for the site, but the the one that we also kind of, we call it the twist building sort of, uh, and the project just of that design seems to garner the most attention. So we're, we're actively right now seeking users and, um, tenants and ways to get that actually put into put into fruition it's pretty cool yeah the nice thing about that site is it's pretty flexible so you know the tiff approved plan on that particular site's for a three hundred and twenty thousand square foot structure with about fifty thousand feet of retail space and then parking along with it so to have a couple of different concepts for that block is nice because you know one tenant might gravitate you know towards one one design versus the other so Mm-hmm. It's nice to. to it's to pretty cool. Lot. I mean, and I divide. Everyone should go look at the website here. Uh, there's a lot of good information and photos, uh, and just a lot of stuff happening. Um, you also have another development, uh, Reverb, down in the crossroads. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Did so, I pronounce that right? So yeah, it's so reverb. trendy. It's so you know. It's, reverb. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So that's at the that's at the corner of 18th and Walnut, essentially on so the. That same. area is really becoming your neck of the woods there. No, if it's our neck, our neck of the woods, but we've we've always been heavily invested downtown. I mean, the company started downtown. Our offices were downtown uh, for a while. One generation, I would say, we were um, out off of um, first at 63rd and All, and then out off of 89th and State Line. But then about 10 years or so ago, we moved our offices back downtown. But we've always been mm-hmm. heavy investors in the in the urban core. Uh, Reverb is a project. At, on the same block as Corrigan Station. Right. Um, and it's similar in size to Artera, but uh, different in design. But it's a multifamily apartment project. But the design is what I'm focused on, yeah. too. Like a lot of windows. It's very modern. Um, essentially, it's kind of changing the face of the Kansas City skyline. And then I will, before we go to break here, uh, mention Strata, uh, which is the uh, is really cool in the heart of the city. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and that's a project that's about a 250,000-foot project at the corner of 13th and Main with the idea to be the first truly speculative office building that's been built. Really, as Ryan mentioned, Corrigan Station was a speculative rehab, and this would be the first ground-up construction really in downtown since 1991 for multi-tenants. It's just crazy to me. It I is. mean, it really is. I mean, no, the economy tanked in 08, but I mean, to me, growth of Class A office and people and uh, companies moving downtown again is is the next frontier yeah. as far as getting density because the people live there now. I mean, I lived there at one point. I mean, there is movement. There's a lot of things happening, but we need more uh, uh, people officing downtown and companies to, to invest in putting their big employee bases downtown wherever millennials and talent want to live. Agreed. Before. So yeah. that's a really cool uh, architectural build as well. And, uh, Check it out. Strata is the name of that. And then real quickly, uh, Lenexa City Center, you guys have done work down there too, right? Yeah, Lenexa City Center, um, you know, we're just wrapping up uh, the district, which is a, a true mixed-use 
project that is 175 residential units, 45,000 square feet of office, and 30,000 square feet of retail. Um, we're 28% leased on the office already. The office is truly spec, so 100% spec. The residential was really the driver of the project, but really excited to see what's going on. I happen to live out in Lenexa, so um, really like to see the progress out there. The city's been very committed to that that entire um, city center Lenexa project. and Kind of redeveloping the whole city. Exactly. I mean, it's a whole new yeah, I mean, world that's out a, there. That's a development project that my brother Keith really has been point on, and it is – you know, if anybody was out there four or five, six years ago, uh, cornfields, maybe cornfields on the way to three and two baseball is most people's experience. And now on our just uh, section, we're about a million, 300,000 feet into a two million square foot project, let alone what a lot of other people have done on the other sections right around 87th and 435. So it's a amazing transformation of building a new city uh, out of nowhere, effectively. <laughs> And, you know, you have companies like Kiwit that have planted their flag in that particular development um, because of the mixed-use nature um, of the development and the amenities that are that are contained therein. It's pretty awesome stuff, uh, changing the face of Kansas City and the region. Uh, Copakin Brooks, John Copakin, and Ryan Beery are my guests. When we get back after the break, I want to talk about incentives. I want to talk about how this stuff actually happens. I want to break down kind of the process. Uh, you're listening to Grill Nation. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. Appreciate you listening today on 980 AM, KMBZ, and on iTunes via podcast and at our website, grillnationshow.com. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Always love when you connect with me on social media. Just search for my name or on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Uh, invigorating show today with the guys uh, and team from Copakin Brooks. Uh, their website is copakin-brooks.com. John Copakin is the principal of the business and Ryan Beery is a senior vice president. Uh, we're talking about development projects. We're also going to talk about trends in the marketplace as well as some of the process that goes into this and why some things are needed and why some things are important. I uh, really want to quickly just mention two other development projects that I saw on your website that I thought were cool. Um, one is the uh, Broadway redevelopment. It's, it's uh, you know, where the Denny's is downtown, everyone listening, it'd be in that area. <laughs> and you got this beautiful picture of what it could look like, and it's firing me up, John. Yeah, we, um, you know, the... Private investors in public put a bunch of money into something called the Kauffman Center for Performing Arts, which does great. And this is the uh, land directly west on the Broadway side of that facility from really Denny's on down to 17th Street. And we're working on a project on various pieces of property that we have ownership of control over. Let's talk about that. So how does this all happen? How does this all work? We'll get into kind of the process, but where, where, do, where do we kind of begin here? You know, you're, you're, you guys have done so many projects. Where does this stuff start? You know, you have to get the land. You have to lease it. You have to build it. You have to get work with the city. You know, it's just a lot of stuff, complicated things. There is a lot of stuff, and that's why it takes uh, so many people as part of a team to figure it all out. But it really starts with uh, trying to assess um, what the consumer wants, where demand is, where things are growing, and if you're fortunate enough to have a piece of ground in that path of development, that's great. If you're not, and maybe your ground that you have or ground that you've had your eyes on is not in that path, um, you need to go out and, and acquire a piece of ground. And so it starts with 
looking at demand. And then it really leads into, okay, what, what's really the idea? What are people looking for? And then what, uh, might that idea look like? And mm-hmm. so we would assemble a team of ourselves, internal people, talk to cities, hire architect, hire contractors so that we make sure that whatever we're thinking about is actually affordable and doable at the end of the day. And then we have to go through all the approval processes, all the financing processes, all the leasing processes. And so it um, is way more than clearly one person can do. And often on any given project, we might have three, four or five people working on various aspects of that project. That's awesome. I, I just love seeing things get built, cities get built. And obviously with my background in public affairs and politics, I, I love that process as well. Um, you know, and then you get to the leasing part, which is fun, right? Yeah, right? absolutely. You, get to, yeah. you actually get to sell the building. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, shoe leather approach, right? Yeah. Um, bringing those tenants in and, you know, I think uh, things have evolved over, over the years and, um, you know, you have tenants that are now really focused on the urban core and, and wanting to be in that environment. Um, so it's it's been a catalyst for a lot of this new development that is going on downtown, right? So uh, the hot topic these days is incentives, right? It's kind of come up in a lot of the polit- political debates, and uh, obviously it's, a, it's an asset and a tool uh, for big projects like this to get done. I mean, talk to us about why you think they're important, John, and uh, – you know, obviously, I, I believe you think they're important, so um, that's why I asked that first. But but tell us why they're important and what they what they do, and, and actually how they work. Sure, I mean, when we talk about incentives at our office, at our office, you even mentioned the word asset. Uh, we talk about them as public investments, and I think that's more than just a twist of words or re- rationalization. Um, cities and public build roads, they build infrastructure, they build sewers, they build water. They do all these things with a purpose in mind. It might be to grow a new neighborhood somewhere. It might be to extend a road from one place to where they want to go. And I think on the uh, when people talk about incentives or investments on the commercial development side, it really is very much the same thing. So from the city's perspective or the county or whoever, um, it's what do they want to see happen? What's important to them? Uh, they could go out and spend $50 million on a road. They could spend $50 million on parking. They could spend $50 million doing whatever they think is important. And in our world, um, the investment or the incentive piece is very important to getting projects to happen in a place where cities want them to happen. So it's really a political choice or a priority versus something that is often viewed as a giveaway. Mm -hmm. It's where the public wants something to happen. Public elects officials to make those decisions for them. But it is very critical. And it's not just a urban versus suburban issue. I think almost anywhere you develop, not just in Kansas City, but around the country, these investment decisions by the public um, are integral to making that project succeed. Mm-hmm. But what about like the office users, the recruiting of you know, Class A office, we don't have any. You mentioned since 91 yeah. that it's gone up. Yeah. Um, what about that? Because, you know, a lot of times there's a leap of faith of if we build this, we're going to get tenants. But I know that the, the legislation or the uh, the ordinances sometimes are what people want is 50% lease. Right. It's always a, a tightrope, right? right? Right, right. How does that work? Uh, because you have to sell that. 
You, you do have to sell that, but you know, I'll, I'll use Corrigan Station as an example. Um, you know, because it, it's a really good story. The tenants that filled that building were tenants that were not in Kansas City, Missouri, mm-hmm. right? So you had tenants from Overland Park that were our, our first two anchor tenants, Allison Miller and Holmes Murphy, and then WeWork, which wasn't even in the market. Mm-hmm. So you know, to have that product in that type of environment was the draw. And we'll get to trends later. I know yeah, yeah, we're going to get that here in a second. Yeah, yeah. But, but that that was a, a a big win for Kansas City, and but for you know the incentives to help with the uh, you know the cost of that project you know, that may not have come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So that's what I keep hearing from so many people. Ryan mentioned trends. What, what are we seeing in the Kansas City marketplace uh, as far as trends, and how does that kind of compare to what we're seeing nationally in different cities of peer cities, if you will? Right. I, I don't think we're too dissimilar to what's going on nationally, um, except um, we're just really hitting our stride right now. So this movement, whether it's millennials or older people or what have you, moving to urban centers and revitalizing their urban areas has mm-hmm. been going on elsewhere. And it's really been going on in Kansas City um, since kind of the stars aligned, I would say, in the Power and Light District, H&R Block and Sprint Center all came together at exactly the same time and cleaned up really eight blocks of crap that was I mean, it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember. I remember when I was a young kid, young kid, uh, there was like one bar I could go to for a beer at 21 downtown, you know, and it was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it, was, it was haunted houses and boarded up buildings. So the last 10 or 12 years, if you really think about it, has been an amazing transformation. And on the commercial side, um, it used to be um, that we just had basically price to compete on. And when you're only competing on price, you're often not going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're begging people to pay attention to you. You're using incentives, investment, whatever, to get people to come your way just because you're the low-cost provider. Uh, in a city like Kansas City, uh, being efficient and economical and being a low-cost provider is always important, but the the tide has really turned into, especially in the urban core, we've created an environment that people actually want. And so it's less now about forcing people to make a choice against what they really want to do, but you can economically induce them to, you still have to be economically competitive, Mm -hmm. but it's a product people want. People know the talent's there. People know that's where the talent of the future wants to be. And I think, um, you're seeing corporate, big corporate companies that are local finally starting to recognize that trend and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, you know, to be able to compete with the Austins, the Bostons, the Denvers of the world, you know, these companies need to locate in just what John's talking about, this type of environment. It gives them that platform to recruit, that platform to retain the, the talent that, that they need to compete. What about trends in the uh, re- residential? Um that you, you guys have been seeing and, and remaining competitive because there's a lot of new places coming online. Yeah, there's a lot coming online, but I think um, it's interesting, and I use my brother as an example, but when he moved back to Kansas City in 1988, um, everybody had to live at 119th and Metcalf. <laughs> and right across from the Walmart, there's a, apartments, and if anybody raised their hands, that's where I got to be. I got to be in Overland Park. I got to be there. Um Overland Park is still booming, plenty of apartments, so it's not a knock on that. But I think if you asked anybody with uh, kids of the college age, high school age, or coming back to Kansas City, 
and you ask them to raise their hand about uh, as to where they would want to be, I think uh, high 90% of them would say downtown. Mm-hmm. And so while there is increased supply and there is a lot going on, um, that's great. And that's great in the short term to provide people alternatives, but in the long term as well because we need the density, we need the people on the streets, and we need the bodies in order to make uh, not only the urban core successful, but make the whole city success. Mm, I definitely like hearing that. Ryan, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I do, actually. So we, we've worked with a um, a well-heeled national multifamily developer here in the Kansas City market who's developed several projects here in mm-hmm. Kansas City. Um, and you know their data is telling them that this this residential, you know, multifamily residential development has legs through 2035. So it's it's... It's still something that uh, has a will continue to grow. Will continue to grow. Yep. Well, we have one segment left with uh, John and Ryan. Uh, John, I want to say I uh, I've been looking at your bio. I I had no idea you got your MBA from the University of Michigan. I did. Look at that smart guy over there. Wow, I I, I try. (laughs) And you guys have also won a lot of awards, and uh, you know it's pretty cool to check out at copaken-brooks.com. We're going to come back after the break. I want to talk about some other hot topics. We might break into downtown baseball stadium. We also might talk about uh, some more of the political stuff and also just talk about what you would like to see in Kansas City down the road. We're talking to Copacan Brooks today on the Real Nation show. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or on the website grillnationshow.com. Fascinating show today with John Copakin and Ryan Beery from Copakin Brooks. Their website is Copakin. That's C-O-P-A-K-E-N dash Brooks, B-R-O-O-K-S dot com. Uh, guys, uh, this has been awesome. I'm, uh, man, I, I just want to get a job with you guys one day and work with you on a project. This is fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, let's talk about what we do well and what you would like to see. What's that? What are some of the things we're doing well right now, and what are what are one or two of the things that you think could really excel Kansas City to a level uh, that we haven't seen before, as far as growth and density, and uh, you know, really kind of taking it to the next level, like some of these other cities have uh, that we've talked about. So let's start with what we do well, and then what are those couple little nuggets of things that we can do that really will excel Kansas City to another level. John? Yeah, I think we're um, doing a good job of presenting ourselves to the country, presenting ourselves locally as a downtown and an urban environment that's a place of choice for people to be. And so I think we're doing a good job of that. I actually think we're doing a good job of analyzing projects and making sure projects make sense now from a kind of political standpoint to see what projects are worth um public investment and incentives to put together. Um, I think something that could really make us take off because everybody talks about how difficult the process is of getting from point A to point B, that if we really concentrated as a city and as a government side of the city in making this just the easiest place to do business, the easiest place to get things done, not just giving away everything and not doing a careful analysis. But once you've done your analysis and you've decided to make something happen, um, put the sign out that we're going to be the easiest place for you to locate your business is mm-hmm. something that I think really 
would help accelerate. Yeah, predictability and kind of uh, with your role, that's important, right? Sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> about you, Ryan? Yeah, I'd add to that. I think I think we need to somehow create that stock of of new product in the market. So, kind of to John's point, we can react quickly to companies from outside the city that are looking at Kansas City. They're looking at Kansas City every day. Um, and, and just having that high-quality product on the shelf, because we just don't have that today. I mean, we're trying to do that with Strata, but we really, really need that in this market. Mm-hmm. And I'd also say, I mean, the, you know, the community now has a kind of go-getter positive attitude, and I would hate to see that go away. Because as soon as you have one or two successes, I think we're a community more prone than many to – just say, hey, it's time to ease up. Everything's good. Yeah. You know, I've read a lot recently. Oh, you know, downtown's doing great. So let we can let off this public investment, et cetera. Fact of the matter is, we have ten plus more years of just keeping the pedal on in order to really develop the city to a place we want to be. If we want to be, yes, Kansas City, the way we don't need to be like other places, but if we Travel, if you go see Nashville, if you go see Austin, if you go see Denver, um, you know they're not stopping. And um, they realize that it takes, on three- to five-year projects, a ton of investment and a multi-year look in order to get to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. One thing that's talked about, John, I know you've been uh, you know, a supporter is downtown baseball in Kansas City. Where's that? Where, where do you think that is right now, as far as its involvement? Because I, I think it's it is evolving to be kind of more potentially going to happen in the next, you know, ten to fifteen years in Kansas City, probably less. Yeah, I think again, while we always have and need a Kansas City solution, you don't have to look much further than every single other city that's ever <laughs> built a baseball stadium in the last twenty years. And where they've located, with a couple exceptions, like in Arlington, Texas, maybe and in Atlanta Milwaukee, just built a new one in the it, Bucktown area. In or Atlanta, uh, but if you look at Pittsburgh, San Diego, Seattle, Denver, San Francisco, San Francisco across the map, Pittsburgh is awesome. You see the power of, hey, as long as the public's going to make a big investment, why not have two to three million people in an area where something's going to happen, which is different in the area where the facility is currently located. So I think it's an eventuality. It's a question of putting all the pieces together to get from here to there. And the land potentially there's all there, you know, you're developing more downtown. You're losing spaces, right? Which is positive for downtown, but I think you hit a great point that um, 10 years ago, land was more plentiful. And what you don't want to do is do it in a time frame where all of a sudden you're having to take a, secondary site or a tertiary site and you're going really where you didn't want to go but you're kind of close and i think we've seen that happen historically when facilities are put kind of close but not exactly where they should be mm-hmm. and that long-run success is not there yeah it has to be in the right spot to create that activity yeah and i think that um i think that it's it, it is, does have to be in the right spot but i'm also you know you have to invest in the stadiums at some point right so you're right. going to have to decision if you're going to continue to invest where it is now or take it downtown. Right. Because people forget that. Because people, in the minds of people, we just did this. But that was 13 years ago we voted on that. Right. So it's it's not that long ago. But it, 10 years from now, I'm assuming the ownership and the folks involved with the Chiefs and the Royals are going to want new bells and whistles when their leases are brought up. So that's the thing. Do you, you continue to fix the old structure, which... Frankly, I love some of the old stadiums. You know, I mean, who doesn't love Wrigley Park, Wrigley Field, or Fenway Park, or you know, the old Yankee Stadium? But those right. have a little bit more historic 
uh, significance. And uh, I love Kaufman now, but you know, I'm also economic development person who wants to see density. Right. What's mm-hmm. tough is it's it's really not about design. The facilities themselves can look great. Yeah, yeah, they can. But are they going to do anything for economic development as long as the public is so heavily invested? The public ought to get a return on their investment. And especially for baseball at 82, warm weather days and nights a year, um, they're just not going to get a return on their investment um, spending more money where they are. I completely agree. So we're going to chart that, John. Hopefully we'll see some more movement in that. Um, we got about two minutes left in the show. Um, let's talk, just, just give me out some good, good advice for someone who wants to kind of break into this industry or work for a company like yours. Um, what, what do you think are the most important things to focus on if somebody's interested in real estate or an entrepreneur is looking to get involved and, and work on some projects like this? Um, how do you break in and what's important to look for? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's a tough business because, um, often you're waiting three and five years for any income side to come your way. <laughs> yeah. And it just takes, Patience, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, you just can't have an instant gratification mindset in the development world. In the leasing world, um, often some of those rewards can come quicker. Yeah, you, they, they can come quick, and you're actually asking this question at a good time because we just onboarded a, a new associate that's a recent graduate of K-State, K um, and, and we told him, you know, you, you've got to – it's a grind – um, but it'll pay off. You know, it's, it's just like anything else. It's as much work as you put into it. You'll, you'll, you'll get reward out of it. Um, but yeah, it's generally a, you know, six month cycle before you see your, your first paycheck. So it's again, having that perseverance and, and, uh, you know, the right kind of attitude and it's a great business. Um, you know, what I, what I love about this business and I think what others love about this business is you touch so many different pieces, um, of, uh, you know, the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. You see so many different companies and how they're making it, what they're doing to differentiate themselves. I mean, it's it's exciting to me, and I think it's exciting to people that come into this uh, this line of business. I mean, it's a relationship, though, yeah. We're, I mean, business. but it's entrepreneurial at its heart. It's creation. It's fun. It's interesting. It's different. You can change your city. You can change your neighborhood. There's a lot of impact you can have uh, depending on the types of projects you take on, and uh, that's what I enjoy most about it. John Copakin and Ryan Beery from Copakin Brooks, Copakin-Brooks.com online. Advise, acquiring, developing, constructing, leasing, managing, selling. You guys do it all. Check out their website. I appreciate you both coming on the show today. Uh, congrats on all the things you're doing to uh, to develop Kansas City and, and continue to make us a great place to live and competitive throughout the country in office and in uh, retail. And in, excuse me, and in uh, residential. Great. Thanks. Thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks for coming us. on. It's been a great Grill Nation show. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week. Take care and have a good one.